Welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. This podcast is for anyone in the Australian financial planning ecosystem with a focus on life risk insurance. Whether you're a seasoned advisor or just starting out, I think you'll get heaps of value out of this podcast. I'm your host, Phil Thompson, and I'm a life risk insurance specialist, and you're listening to My Risk Advisor. Hey there, welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. Today, I've got Jason Knight, who is an expert at designing authority brands for thought leaders. And the reason I've got him on is because a few weeks ago in an episode, we were talking about how advisors can be authorities and fill the void that influencers are going to be leaving in that space. But before we get started, we cannot do this podcast without the help of Zurich and OnePath. So I just want to start by saying thank you. Zurich and OnePath are your partners in life and are also very proud supporters of the My Risk Advisor podcast. Jason, thanks heaps for joining me on the My Risk Advisor podcast. First of all, before we get started, who are you? What do you do? What's your business? Yeah, thanks, Phil. I am Jason Knight. Um, I guess my business is around branding and creating authorities, creating expert uh, people to stand in their strength and people to stand in their power and communicating that through visual and verbal branding. My business is Ask Jason Knight uh, and also Move by Design, depending on. So I've got a business that is suitable for solopreneurs and, and entrepreneurs, and I've also got a business that is um, for the very large corporate um, entity. So that's who yep. I am, a branding guru. Perfect. And the reason why I asked you to come on today is because we've worked in the past and, and you helped me with my rebrand of my business. And the, the podcast episode I did a few weeks ago about ASIC versus Finfluencers and talking yeah. about Glenn James, we were talking about that void that the Finfluencers will leave because ASIC are cracking down on Finfluencers and how advisors really should be filling that space. And the reason why I wanted you to come on is just to talk about actually yeah, it's all good and well to say we should be filling that void, but how do we actually go around and do that? That's a great question, Phil. Have you have you got an answer to that? that that's, that's a great question. I don't, I don't have an answer, <laughs> um, but that's what we're going to explore. So to, today, really, the purpose of this chat is about talking about how do we, at the end of the day, bring in more clients and, and how do we go about doing that? So there are some like, you know, ways of getting you know, leads into your business through Google AdWords, through Facebook ads and, and all of that stuff, which we're going to kind of park and that's all really like kind of tactical, yeah. like nitty gritty stuff. But today we're going to talk about like how do you actually become a, a, a real influencer? because advisors, we are actual influencers. We influence people to make good financial decisions. So how do we do that en masse more than we currently are? So I guess just to get started, like what's your kind of like, you know, you've, you've worked with advisors before, we've worked together, you know, what's your kind of lay the scene for what you see advisors doing well and, and what can we improve on? Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, so I've worked with um, yeah dozens of advisors and I guess the overall uh, arch that I see is that they are experts um, or expert technicians in what they do and horrendous at communicating their value to the customer or the client. Um, and w what I am pushing there or probing there is that they they use industry language rather than using customer language. And so, mm. um, yeah, it usually lands it usually lands as a I guess a bit of a flat unreferable element to a to a customer rather than actually saying oh they um yeah 
you know, they, they, they help financial freedom or they help millennials do this or they help. Yeah. So, so really crafting a clear, concise, consistent message for, for advisors is what I feel the key to, to winning leads and becoming magnetic in, in, in my language. Yeah, yeah. So, for, I mean, for me in my business, the one way I did that is when we started working together, the reason we did that is because I went from a very generic financial planning, doing everything for everyone and doing nothing for everyone um, to being very more, uh, very niche in terms of the, the service and offering. And anyone who's listened to this podcast for more than five seconds will know that I'm very passionate about advisors nailing one area of advice or nailing one, like very, like niching into one area. Do you feel like that's important when when branding and communicating the right message that, that advisors should be kind of niched into an area or working with a specific client? Or do you feel like we can be broad but still have a really clear, concise message? I think it's a great question uh, and I've wrestled that with in my own business um, and, I, and I've, I guess I've debated this with hundreds if not thousands of people. Uh, the easiest way to be referable is to be niched. Uh, yeah. and, and that is that people know what you solve and who you solve it for. So to be general, you can be general, but you need to then be massive so that people know who you are. Um, you know, uh, even Nike is niched, even, you know, Apple is niched. So mm. the idea of not being niched, I feel is, is, is a redundant concept. So, to answer it succinctly, yes, I think that the only way to really cut through in the noise of, of the landscape is to be niched. Yeah. And I mean, from, from my experience, I found it, um, I niche not to drive business, but to make my business more efficient. And because I kind of saw the landscape as advisors, things are getting way more complicated than it ever has in the past um, and more difficult, more compliance. There's so much more constraints. So for me, the reason I why I niched was more from a, you know, protecting my own backside, making sure I don't get sued, giving advice to, you know, 10 different types of people across 10 different types of financial products because I just can't be an expert. So I actually went decided to be niched and then created the branding to kind of fit that niche instead of going, hey, I need to bring in clients, let's think about niching and we can still offer the same services. So, it's interesting, you know, and and that's why I kind of rant to anyone who listens about making sure you niche. Yeah, and and And, I I niched um, almost in the opposite way. I actually wanted to create a lifestyle business and so that the business that I had previously, which was, well, I still have it moved by design, um, but the the business that I created, Ask Jason Knight, was an opportunity for me to be really uh, niche and specialty and offer a, a product solution to the audience rather than a uh, eight-month solution. So all of a sudden, I created a, a package that was like a one-month sprint that, that suited my lifestyle, that, that I could work yeah. um, really uh, sprint fashion with a client rather than always being stuck to the computer. So that, that's, that's why I niched uh, to, to suit my lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. So we've got advisors listening who are thinking, okay, great. I just I know I need to target my messaging better. I know I need to be better at that. How do we go about doing that? Yeah. Um, one way is to pay an expert. Um, the other way is to figure it out yourself. Um, and I think that there's a hybrid in the middle. Um, pretty much what what experts or what I would suggest is that you cross-reference, I guess, your vision and your greatness with what the customer needs and wants. So 
um, um, I guess the way to for me to think about that is is flip it around. So rather than talking about yourself, you talk about what what someone is searching for. So somebody is looking on Google for an answer to a problem. So make sure you address that problem. Um, make sure mm. that you address their you know frustrated with finances or want to you know how to create a will or who to see about this. So um, ask Siri and Alexa are becoming more and more popular. People are, are, are searching the world for an answer. So make sure you're a solution to a problem rather than a um, just another commodity on the shelf and another commodity that just happens to sell advice or just happens to sell uh, insurance or happens to sell X. Yeah. And so when you say be a solution to, to a problem, help me understand how, how do you see advisors doing that other than sitting face-to-face with the client as, as we currently do today? Yeah, yeah. So the solution isn't isn't just, um, you know, I provide advice. The solution is making sure that you're answering a question that that resonates with them. And ideally, you create an emotional response. So the, the solution could be time-efficient wills or the solution could be... Um, I don't know. I feel what, 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 what's some, but it's it's not necessarily the solution in that everybody puts their hand, every advisor puts their hand up and says, "Oh, of course, I'm I'm a solution," or "Of course, I'm the solution." Mm. But how are you communicating that? And it's not people aren't looking for you know best advisor or best best tax or best this or best that. They're actually looking for their problem of of um, how do I get financially free or how do I how do I become a millionaire at twenty five or what? Yeah, and all. And also, I mean, the way I think about it, also like answering the 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 really minute questions that they have. So mm. at the end of the day, all I do is I help people get insurance in place. Like so the the big question and the big solution is which insurance provider, like which company do I go with? How much cover and you know what features and benefits do we do we provide? Now that's a big solution that you need to go through a yep. way Oops. too long a process to get to get the insurance in place and can they get it through underwriting and all that stuff but really the 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 questions that my clients have is like what is a insurance premium how does that like how does that actually work like and i think to myself like how do you not know what an insurance premium is like yeah. that's kind of the basic kind of understanding of of insurance is you've got to pay for it but but i get these questions in client meetings like oh can you actually just explain like what is what does that mean when you say premium it's like oh okay great like i need to be really focused on answering those really minute questions that i can i can generally answer that without like i don't need to say oh zurich insurance premium is x y and z and this is the feature and benefit that we've recommended and that's what the premium is i can just answer what a premium is yeah yeah I, there's two elements on that for me um one is uh what i call the curse of knowledge in that we are all experts in whatever our field is so i mean my my field is branding um and so i can mistakenly make the assumption that everybody has the same knowledge or the same uh, awareness that i do and this, this also, or this very much happens with money. Um, money is a, is a bit of that taboo topic for a lot of people. And so mm. answering some of the basics of what is insurance? Why might I need insurance? What is a pre, you know, what does premium mean? And how, how does this work? Are um, stepping into the customer shoes rather than stepping into the, the I need more. So I'll flip it around the other way. I, I believe that the, the world is really, you know, been searching for uh, sort of the LinkedIn style of um, of referrals in that 
you know, I need more education or I need a better this or I need a better degree or I need a better um, licensee. Or, and I feel like that is not what the world is searching for not, or not what people are Googling. And it's sort of the translation. Mm. It's translating your expertise so that, so that it lands onto a um, customer or, or a client's ears. Um, and and there are, it's an easy yes. Hey, you know, do you need... Do you need to protect your family in case you in case you um, have a health scare or, or die? You know, yes, you know, yes yeah. is, is that answer. So, yeah, and it's, it is it is interesting when, as advisors, you know, I know a lot of advisors can get grumpy at influencers and how they can be giving advice to consumers without being licensed. And and yes, there's all that, but at the end of the day, I think the reason influencers like kind of became a a big thing mm. and is because a lot of the ones out there are young people going through their own financial journey and just sharing that online and then they became influencers. So, a lot of them aren't even like they're not financial planners. They're not yeah. um, in any way related to finance but they've gone through and started a sh- you know, investing in shares and so yeah. they, they educate other people. And the thing that they've done really well that the finance profession hasn't done well is they make things so simple because they don't, assume people know anything yeah because yeah. they're finding out these things for the first time and they're sharing it and going oh hey guess what vas means it's vanguard and you know you may while finance people may be saying oh yes the top five stocks is vas and this that and the other and people are like well what is a stock um and so the finance world aren't even explaining that stuff so that's what i kind of my takeaway is well, from yeah, it, my it, learnings it, is just try and make things simple. Totally, totally. And, and it reveals the gap. It reveals that they, I guess, how the advisor network has turned up isn't meeting the needs of the general public. Um, and that's, mm. and whatever stance you take on if influencers or not, the reality is there's a gap and you have a choice to step into a place of authority and expertise, or you can take the other, other fence of, um, no, everybody's wrong, and I'm and I'm just going to do what I've done for 20 years. Fantastic! Uh, I, yeah, I don't think you'll be here in another five years. So. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we, you know, we got a client phone call today. Actually, I, I should have sent you a message and said thank you that they said they reached out to us because of our our marketing and our branding on our website. Because um, the work that we did together is, I kind of. I'm smart enough to know that I'm pretty dumb. So I went, you're the expert. Tell me how the branding should should work. Like I can give you all these fancy, you know, copy of how we should talk about finance. But, you know, I want your expertise looking from a marketing point of view, but also looking as a consumer of going like, I don't really understand insurance, you know, in depth. I get an, I've got an understanding of why it's important, but I don't know how to, don't know how the nitty gritty works. But that was the perfect reason why I brought you in to say, communicate these more complex in a really simple way. Yeah, yeah, and and you're right. I think there's two, again, there's twofold in that. One is taking an outside view of your world really helps because we ask um, the basic questions and if we ask them, mm. then so will, so will your, your, your clients. Um, so that really helps when you're outside the box. Uh, and two is making sure that you're communicating the client or customer pain points, making sure that you actually address what they are frustrated about in blog articles or in your copy on your website rather than rather than just sprucing how good you are actually making mm. sure that you figure out who the target in, target audience is and what their pain points are so you can communicate to them it's it's i mean it's 101 but we've ignored it for 10 years of the internet it's ridiculous 
And so I guess, yeah, touching on that in terms of like how do we communicate that, it's all good and well to say we should communicate in a simple way but how are we doing that? Should we think about creating videos, blog posts, social media posts? Like what what do you think is is working? You know, what, what do you see as a good way to actually communicate that knowledge? Yeah, this is a, a huge question. Um, so one, I would start with your website because it's where people eventually get funneled to. So we make sure that the language on your website is simple and clear and concise and actually talks to your yeah as i said to your, your customers pain points but the second part is is people don't go to your website first they live on social so making sure that what you're communicating on social addresses their pain points um and there's a few different ways to do that i i, I like to talk about the easy yes um i also like to talk about behind the curtain um, and, and I have got a bit of a, a social media um, concept for you in terms of what, what could work. But I think to answer your question simply would be uh, video uh, is, is definitely is still cutting through the most. And that can be hard for some people, but it doesn't have to be that hard. Mm. Um, sorry, let's just backtrack. Are you saying you've got some ideas for me to improve? I'd love to hear some. If, are we doing a free consultation session right now? Um, I'm, I'm open to sharing some ideas. <laughs> some ideas. <laughs> yeah, go. So, hit me up. Well, how, sh- how should Sky be doing things better? The one, well, I'll share. Look, we, can, we can apply this to any business, but one of the things that I'm doing for my own world is mini launches, and I'm doing them monthly. And so what I mean by that is I'm taking – content that I have or that I already produce for a customer and I'm sharing a segment of it to the outside world, you know, to, to, to social. So um, one of them is about how I, how I do the discovery session or, or how, how I do some of the workshop, like Phil, yeah, you and I have, have done um, that process and it's quite a long process, but mm. I can reveal aspects of what I do with a client and what it reveals um, without, revealing too many of my sort of trade secrets and it all of a sudden whets people's appetite of like, oh, this is this is interesting. You know, this is something that I want to hear about. Then um, so I can do that through video. I can then also do that through carousel. Um, uh, again, we, I can talk about what carousels are. Yeah, what is carousel? Because so, are we going to a theme park and jumping on the carousel? A is little that- like that. So a carousel <laughs> is a piece that you can scroll uh, across. So I use them on LinkedIn. I, I mainly play on LinkedIn. Um, and so rather than it just being a flat image or a JPEG, um, it is uh, what I upload is actually a PDF, but it scrolls sideways. So you get to see... Um, yeah, there's normally about five or six pages essentially that you that you get to see. So the same size as a normal graphic or a post, but um, you get to scroll through yeah five or six pages, and it and it reveals um, a mini story. Yeah, and and you can do that on Instagram yeah. and Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on most platforms, as I said, I play yeah. in, I play a lot more on on LinkedIn, uh, but it it gives it, it definitely um, gives a deeper engagement level than a, just a flat JPEG. Um, and then I ask for a hand raise or, or ask for, you know, hey, who's interested in getting the worksheet to see how to see how I, um, you know, reveal these results. And so yeah. you ask people to buy into it. You ask people for a response. Um, yeah, cool. And then, I, and then you can invite them, which I try to do, invite them into a monthly workshop or a monthly webinar so that they yeah. actually solve that for them live. So instantly there's a, there's a way of, of doing a monthly pieces of content without it being, I don't know, this giant, you know, what are, what are we going to create? It's like just use the bits that are already around your business and just reveal 
uh, 10% of it. You don't have to reveal it all. Just reveal 10% of it, wet people's appetite, put, ask, ask for who's interested in, in knowing more. And, um, yeah, do that for uh, six months and I guarantee you will have uh, people knocking at your door you know, consistently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think something that we, we worked on and, and I, I've, I still remember this very clearly is, is you were talking about like being referable. Mm. And I remember in the, in the past, and I mean something in my own business is I've been referred or I've, I've actually referred out more clients away from my business um, in the last three years than I ever did in the seven years prior to that um, because I just wasn't getting referred. And, and for me, the, the reason was is people ask me what I do and I'll be like, I'm a financial planner. I help people with money. Um, do you have money? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm the right person for you. Like it's kind of a, yeah. it's so generic. But nowadays it's like, well, I do insurance. I help you with personal insurance. So not car insurance, not home contents, personal insurance. If you need it, I can help you out. If you need to review it, I can help you out. If you need anything else, I've got the people who I can refer you to, but, but we're not the right, the right fit. And so it just, it made us infinitely more referable where people, our clients knew what we did. Yes. And knew what we didn't do. And so they were able to just say, yeah, oh, you talk about insurance, income protection. Yeah, cool. This is a person for that. It's spot on. This is a great example. And it also builds a huge level of trust. If you, like, if, if you say, I'm not the right person for this, instantly I go, oh, like I, I lean into this conversation thinking that mm-hmm. you have my best interests at heart. You, you know exactly what you, you're not just going to sell this to anybody. Yeah, this is a this is an this is an opportunity for you. Yeah, how, how do people remember you? Um, and it's I guarantee it's not the product you sell. It is mm. the feeling and the, the the what you solve is 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 what they remember. And so, how do we how do we think about as advisors? How what are ways of being you know more referable? So, you know, other than just saying we'll just be an insurance specialist like Phil, like how how do we become more referable? Well, the easiest let's, again, just use you for one more moment. An insurance specialist is fine. Um, again, that's general, but then we've niched it down by, you know, we're working with millennials or, or this target mm. audience or, or people in this demographic or people in this, um, you know, financial, you know, I work with people that want to go from six figures to seven figures. You know, like you can niche down in any, any way you want to, but it helps people narrow their friend list or their, their, their list in their mind mm. to be like, oh, I know somebody like that. You know, maybe you should talk to Phil. Maybe you should talk to yeah, Jason. Yeah. Um, so you need to narrow the list down. If you stay general, then I it, it will stay like no one fits general. You know, it's not like oh, I know a guy that has money. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, how do we how do we think about like as advisors out there listening? How do we think about you know because there's some advisors who think they're well, I know exactly what I do. So the people who I want to refer to me should know exactly what I do as well. Like how do we actually think about actually getting the data to know am I referable or not? Yeah, great question. And I usually ask um, the, the customer base. So I, I, what I often do is I tap into the real clients and ask them. Um, mm. So my own personal experience is that I went to the world with a business um, and, and a name that I thought was genius. It's genius in my industry. It's called Brand Solved. Um, it, it just happened to be the, the name that was on, you know, Glenn James's book. Um, and after I went to that, the, the 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 world with that offering, the target audience that I was going for were thought leaders, and they processed that 
as brand equals logo and brand equals web, you know a website. And so I got zero, like like no no interest, no leads, no this. After a bit of a cry out, cry on the floor, Jesus moment, I I came to the realization that authority was actually what they were after. They didn't care about brand. So I went to that same audience with a, with one change of word, you know, in, in changing brand to authority. And every one of those people were just like, oh, tell me more. Like, tell me more how, mm. how you're going to step into this. So an easy way for people to answer this is actually go back to your audience, go back to your customer base and say, what's the one thing that I really helped you with? Um, you know, what's how... How did I move you forward? How did I how did I help solve your problem? What was that problem? Um, and use their language then in your own communication in your own marketing. Yeah, that's right. And and I remember the work we did is we had some client testimonials already kind of ready to go, and we because we had we'd been moved into the insurance space and and only insurance space, so we already had client testimonials of the work we did. So when when we worked together and did the branding, we kind of gave you that stuff and, and you just pulled out some some gold from those client testimonials and go, well, this is what they value. This is what they're saying is good to them. And I was thinking to myself, well, that's got nothing to do with insurance. Like it kind of does in a very roundabout way, but it's not about, you know, income protection and, and all the <laughs> all the goodness that that, that solves. Um, but it was good just going, well, actually just take the words from the clients because they're telling you what they value. Yeah, yeah. So a big part of what I've realized in this over 20 years is, is to kill the industry language, uh, and and that for me means that that sort of um, the curse of knowledge piece that you are so ingrained, or you as in everybody is so ingrained mm. in their own genius, in their in their in their own um, industry teachings and intellect that they go to the world with that same level of expertise, and no one's understanding what the heck they're talking about, mm. um, rather than sitting down and it's i guess it's a, a it's a lesson of empathy really it's sitting down and making sure you're listening to the other person of what their actual problems are and and how you can meet them and then go to the world with those same questions and, and answers that's that's what people want to hear mm. yeah no that's really good and and if people want to reach out and, and get in touch like what what is it that you do i know what we did together and we did a i mean i you definitely waited we were very patient with me because we started working like right at the start of the pandemic and, and it was all like the world was blowing up, but, but uh, we got through there in the end, uh, which is good. But what is your service? Like what do you actually do with advice businesses or, or any business? Yeah, yeah, and it is particularly advice. And um, I'm not – anyway, it is humorous that it's advice because I, I think that um, – so, so, so what I'm saying is that, I, yeah, I have a, a, a quite a large collection of clients that I've worked with in the advice world and I think it is – it's maybe because our brains are the exact opposite. You know, we, we're the yin mm. and the yang. Um, so essentially, what I do is is rebranding and branding for for uh, service based professionals. Uh, and I guess what it really means is I've taken a a look at the industry and 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 look at look at really what's working. And I'm able to um, dissect messages, um, visual and verbal, and really land the customer and your story together. So, um, yes, yeah, sort of seeing it from a customer customer lens rather than making, um, yeah, and, and what that produces is that you become sort of the thought leader. You become the expert in a, in a small niche where people are actually know who you are, know what you deliver and know who it's for. And so then you're referable, then you then you become known for, for a certain topic and, yeah, there's traction, magnetic attraction happens. Yeah, and, the, I mean, reflecting back on the work that, 
that uh, we did. And if anyone hasn't seen my website, go check it out. Chuck us a like on Facebook if you want to, but Sky Wealth or actually Sky, S-K-Y-E.com.au. And because the work that we did is, you know, we, we kind of talked about our, our target market is um, millennials, but 70% of our client base are female mm. or female-led couples. Mm. And so I remember some of the early design work that we did, we, we looked at like kind of a deeper darker blue which was a bit more traditional and you know pink and purple um and you know i'm not the the blokiest bloke in the world so i don't i don't have an issue with having pink or purple branding but i remember thinking while i saw those two options and and you kind of outlined it said like this is more traditional this is kind of like the, the bit more typical financial planning business but this is kind of speaking to your customers and this will fit this brand will fit um, the customers that you work with. And uh, part of me was thinking, oh, yeah, a lot of our customers are females or, or females are driving the buying yeah, decision yeah, for, yeah. for our couples. And I was thinking, oh, is that going to kind of put off any any single males who come in who are, you know, millennials but single males? And it, and it just hasn't at all. Like, And, you know, you, you're never going to get told. No one's picking up the call and saying, oh, I was going to buy insurance through you but I'm, uh, <laughs> you've got pink and purple so I'm not going to do that. So... But but it has not at all kind of hindered yeah. our, our thing. So well, I guess what the thing I've heard from marketing people before is like even though if your target market is something, doesn't mean you can't have clients outside of that exactly. target market. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. Um, I guess, again, I like to make um, big broad statements. And so for me, like equals like. And so if you want to attract Mercedes Benz, you need to look like Mercedes Benz. You know, you, you need, mm-hmm. um, if you want to attract a millennial, you need to, you know, you can't be, you, you can't show up all the time as a suit and tie. You need to, you need to look like, you know, somewhat of like a, you need to be approachable. Um, yeah. and you're right. I've again worked with different clients that have, that have been more, yeah, female focused or more male focused. And they have been scared at first of like, oh, if I, if I say that I, you know, working with female entrepreneurs or, you know, what will happen. And it, they've been surprised that they still get just as many male uh, inquiries. They just get more mm. heart-centred or more more vulnerable males, you know, approaching them that that, mm. that that resonates. So it's not like, I don't know, there's not a discrimination. It's just it just gets more dialed in. It just gets people, yeah, people yeah. more like, oh, I, I get I get who you serve and what you're about. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and this was for us, it was literally just a color scheme, but it's very different to any other financial plan, like traditional financial planning business was the color scheme. And, and it was kind of a great reminder for me going like, like, I'm an idiot. I've got no idea what I'm doing when it comes to marketing or branding. So that's why, you know, using a professional who says, this is what your customers are saying. This is who your customers are. So this is what you kind of should be doing. Um, and this will serve you really well. It really did. I kind of was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm all in. Let's do it. You, you're, you are the expert, and and it's worked, and it's worked brilliantly yeah, for, for thank, the business. Thank you, Phil. And it is a funny, a funny piece that you you touch on there that there is, you know, so financial advisors are, are the experts, but when it comes to branding or, or you know the office design, you know, they they're the ones that still have the opinion of like, no, 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 it should look like this, it should look like that. Mm. I'm like. So you expect me to listen to your advice and take it as gospel and it comes to my profession that I've spent 20 years in, you think I'm full of shit? Well, yeah. I question that, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's funny because like thinking back to our our session together, you still gave me the conservative option like mm. 
Look, if you want if you want to go the wrong way, here's your option. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, as advisors, we can sometimes do that with clients. Like, here's the alternative that I wouldn't do and I don't think you should do, but... Yeah, so what, what you're saying the there, day, your- we call it a style scape, but what you're saying there is that the piece that we provide really upfront um, yeah, after we've sort of done a, a bit of a strategy piece together is a, a what we call a style scape, but essentially it's a, it's a visual mood board, I guess, of, of where this could go so that so that you can get on board with where this might end up rather than us doing, you know, months of work and then it getting to the end and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't like this website or this business card the year. We try to show mm. you up front of where this is going. Not all finished, but, you know, the, the rough look and the rough feel and the rough, the rough um, I guess, sketch version of it. And by the sound of it, yeah, it's, well, I know working with, you know, dozens and dozens of clients that they love to, yeah, that they're able to really visualise where it's going um, rather than rather than being scared the whole way or fingers crossed the whole yeah. way uh, waiting for this magical thing to appear. So, yeah, thank, thanks for, for sharing a bit more of how that landed for you. No, no, that was good. Um, all right, so to finish this up, this has been really good. Uh, do you have any last tips for advisors who want to b- build more authority? Um, the easy yes. I don't think we've talked about the easy yes. Um, and my last tip there would just be to make it really simple for people to say yes to an offering. Um, so that's not, would you like a, you know, a free strategy call? Um, the, the piece that I am doing in my own business is, um, hey, why don't you find out your authority score? It's a two minute quiz that I'm offering. Um, you know, you can figure out uh, where you rate on this. Um, you know, would you like to know, would you like to know your authority? The answer is, Yes, you know. Yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm interested in finding out that. Click this button, find out. It's free. Um, another easy yes would be, hey, grab a copy of my um, free ebook um, on on authority or, or what or what the new marketing um, hybrid is. You know, I'm calling that authority. Um, mm. And and the last, you know, what we often go to the world with is, um, hey, do you want to work with me? You know, click click to book a free call. It's like, well, it's not an easy yes. I don't I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're offering. Mm. I don't know who you help. So. Just, just go to, just make it for an easy yes that people uh, can't help but say, sure, I'd like, I'd like some a free gift. Sure, I'd like, I'd like to find out more about this. Yeah. Mm. And, and in terms of in, in terms of for advisors in implementing that, like, what are, what are some things that you think that advisors could be doing to, to build in that easy yes? Oh, a million things um, from an email signature. You know that that those couple of things could easily be on your email signature. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, socials. Just just making it you know, newsletters. I mean, it's all your communication tools. Um, mm. Really, is is just having a place that people know who you help, um, what you solve, and and an aspect that people can can go and what you know. I I use the word snack, but go and snack or browse or, or, or view that is not a, you know, sign up for a, a rom- financial plan. Yeah, romance yeah. them before you try to date them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, we, yeah. We, we, I don't know, we forget that, that, hey, people want to sniff us out before they want to buy. So make it. And he, I mean, even if even if they get referred by a trusted referral partner like an accountant or a yeah. mortgage broker, they still want to be able to, you know, test you out and have a look at what's going on and understand you a bit more. Yeah. And this one of the simplest things is share your process. I can't believe how many advisors uh, make it really hard to know not just what you do, but what are the steps of uh, that, that you walk a customer through um, to, to get a result. 
and they shouldn't mm. be they shouldn't be twenty steps. Just make it easy. They get it down to three or five. Damn, like it should yeah. just be. Hey, we, you know, we meet and greet. We 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 solve we solve the big idea and we implement it by doing this, this, and this. Like really, that's every business does those three things. Just make it three things. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's funny because like every client asks these same questions to advisors and advice businesses. Like I just had a meeting with our um, head of implementation yesterday, and she was like, I oh, did. We get a lot of clients asking about the application process because we do a lot of work on the advice, but the communication at the application stage because we may be waiting four weeks from an insurance yeah. provider, like clients need to be inf- or could we could better inform our clients that, hey, we could be waiting a month and we don't know anything, the insurer doesn't know anything, but we're waiting on the doctor. We're following it up and, and all this and we'll communicate it back to you, but it still can take a long time and that's something that we're just collating those questions and I asked her to say, like I asked her to collate all the questions that the clients are asking. I'll record a video so when we submit an application, the client gets a video from me saying, here's all the, you know, here's what to expect in the next, you know, month or three or depending on how long the application may take. Um, And things like before an advice meeting, a video gets sent to our clients to say, we're about to have an advice meeting. Here's, it was like a 25-minute video here are some things that you can expect in this meeting. We're going to talk about this and this is what it means. We're going to talk about this and this is what it means. And because because we just niche in insurance, we kind of know what the conversation will yeah. be in the advice meeting. The level of cover, the insurance provider, all of that will be different and tailored. But a lot of it, you know, life insurance, well, every client needs to know that. So we try and inform them before the meeting um, and we're just trying to think about how do we build in all of those, how do we answer all these questions before the clients even ask it? It's so good. You're, you're totally on the right path there. One, it builds it builds um, trust and authority and clear communication. It builds a reassurance that it's a safe process, you know, that Phil knows what mm. he's talking about, that, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a good, safe, trusted place. And these are all pieces that we we get to be proficient on in not just getting leads or not just marketing, but as I said, it comes back to empathy and communication and being human. Just make sure that yeah. people know where where they're at and, and and what you're up to and what's next. Yeah, and that's it. And it's so funny when you go to other businesses and yeah. you, you realize when the person who's in that business doesn't lead you well, and you're like, well, what am like? If you go to a restaurant, they're like, yep, go grab a seat, and you're like, okay, am I meant to sit? Where, like where like am I choosing any table or where am I meant to go but if they go okay come with me I'll lead you to the table you feel so much more comfortable just okay it's, I'll just follow you it's spot on and you're so right once you start working on in your own business you become hyper aware of mm. <laughs> every other business that sucks yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right and you go oh I wish they could tell me more about what's coming up because I'm clueless <laughs> they're the expert tell me what's going on yeah and you're like oh Actually, we need to do that better in our business. Yeah, it's a, totally. A lot of that is a mirror. Yeah, you can hold that up and be like, oh, yes, I uh, suck at that too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, awesome. Two last questions. When do you get a chance to do your emails during the day? Yes, good question. I Look, I, I definitely do it in the morning. So first thing, um, I've got a habit of getting up pretty early more in the the fives um so i i I don't do it first first up i don't do it at five in the morning but yeah i do it i do it before i kick off to work just to just to make sure that things are uh on track um and then yeah more likely around lunchtime um so yeah two three-ish times but yeah mainly two times Gotta get up in the fires. Oh my goodness. We are not the same person, that's for sure. You've got um, kids. Come on. It, There's no chance. 
I can I can tell you, I sleep through everything. Uh, they could be screaming next to me, and I'd be sleeping through. You're um, a gifted human, Phil. Yeah, that's it. Lucky my wife uh, isn't so appreciative <laughs> of that gift, but um, but that's good. Last question is: What's one interesting hobby that you have? Yeah, I can think of many. Um, I, I I probably have too many hobbies. Look, fishing is the easy easy answer, um, and also neighbouring is an answer that I wouldn't mind exploring too. So, uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a rock fisherman, um, and um, just just yesterday I got broken off by a uh, Spanish mackerel, Phil. I was fighting a, a Spanish mackerel off the rocks um, and it snapped the wire um, and it probably would have been about 30 kilo. Um, and I, um, I Look, I know nothing about fishing. So what is rock fishing? You, like, just, rather, than not, going, rather than going out on Glenn's boat, you, you fish from the rocks. <laughs> got it. As in what rocks? Well, the ocean rocks. like The, the, the rocks. ocean rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the sand. No, no. So... Um, <laughs> So usually around a headland is the honest answer. So the bigger fish swim in the deeper water and the he- headlands are, are, you know, fish normally swim headland to headland. And so, um, yeah, fishing off different headlands, you you get access to the bigger fish. Um, and as I said, I was, um, yeah, fishing with a with a, a live bait. So I had a bonito. So I had a, a live fish on the end of a hook Got waiting, waiting yeah, for cool. a bigger fish to come and eat yeah, that. Yeah, cool. Come and eat that. So. And, you, and you say 30 kilos, is that a big? Is that a biggie? Uh, it, it definitely would have um, been been Facebook worthy, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it probably would have been about a metre and a half long type of fish. So. Yeah, right. All the all the fishers listening are going to be like, Phil, you're an idiot. How do you not know these terms? <laughs> um, well, again, again, good lesson in marketing. People may not be on your level of knowledge to, yeah. to communicate to them. Yeah, yeah. What is rock uh, fishing? I don't think I've ever heard that one. So thanks, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I'm an idiot and I'm, I'm more than comfortable <laughs> asking dumb questions. But it is a really good example of, yeah, you know, what is what is insurance or what is, you know, mm. yeah, um, why, why do you keep saying Zurich? You know, like is, yeah, is that yeah. some Martian from outer space? Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Or are we going to Switzerland to, to go to Zurich or are you talking about the insurance company? So um, Exactly. There's so many things that we take for granted as experts and we all are experts um, and that, yeah, we get to communicate really at a client level or a customer level rather than at, at an industry level. So, yeah, that's that's what I challenge. Again, more musings, and I know we're, we're kind of running out of time quickly, but more musings is I think when people have a knowledge above what you're explaining, unless you're being condescending, people aren't offended by it. I think that's what, like, I've always thought that if I explain the dumbest, most simplest things, people who know this are going to be offended that I'm explaining it. But over time when I'm doing these advice meetings, which I've done, thousands in the last few years is like even if they understand something they still appreciate me trying to simplify it in a non-condescending way. totally it's reassurance it's reassurance Mm. it's like i mean we all know what to do at a restaurant we go and sit down and you use the used a great example of but being led there by an expert was reassuring and therefore Mm. you felt trusted you felt honored you felt you felt valuable um uh, and that is all part of the the process that we we get to do with our with our clients to make sure that they That's feel it. reassured that they're in a safe space. Yeah, and like you never you, that never happens at a restaurant, and you think, oh, what is this person doing? I know how to sit down at a table. Like you go, oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I know how to sit you don't even chair. think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
Um, so this has been a good chat. Um, how do people get in contact with you if they want to reach out? Yeah, well, there's two things. I'd love to put a, a link to that, that authority score in our show notes. So that's one of them. You get to test your own authority score um, and figure out um, where, where you sit as an expert in, in sharing your communication. So that's one. And the other is a website, which is askjasonknight.com. That's a, that's a K with a, you know, it's a knight in shining armor type of knight. Got it. Um, awesome. Thank you very much, Jason, knighting shining armor knight. Appreciate your time. Pleasure, Phil. See you around. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode and you think someone else will get value out of it, I'd love it if you could forward it on to them. And as always, we can continue the conversation in the My Risk Advisor Facebook group. All you need to do, open up Facebook and search My Risk Advisor and I'll see you in there.